Hello, it's Brody. I love bringing mummification to you each week, and if you'd like to support me to keep doing that, you can make a once-off donation through the Acast supporter feature. There's no regular subscription, and your donation will help pay our music license, buy audio gear, and put fuel in my car so I can keep interviewing the amazing women who share their stories with us. There's a link in the show description and episode show notes. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Mummification. I'm your host, Brody Matner. This podcast is a space for women and parents to talk about how they're feeling. And sometimes they feel like swearing. So this episode may not be suitable for young ears. Kate Berry is a creative producer, mini music festival creator, photographer, writer, and mum to Maya 17 and Pepper 13. Thank you for chatting with me today. Thank you for asking me along. Now I ask everyone the same first question. Mm. If you were, <laughs> it's not a hard one. <laughs> well, it's not a scary one. Um, if you were stuck on a desert island yep. and you could take one meal, one drink and one personal item... What would they be? Oh, well, the meal would probably be pizza. The drink would probably be, uh, mm, I would, if if I didn't, if I had to drink it forever and a day, um, probably not Bailey's, but I'm like a bit of a Bailey's tragic, which that's fine. I'm happy to admit that. Straight or with milk? Oh, no, just straight okay. with, like, a lot of ice. But then if it's for all the time, then maybe a margarita and one personal item. Oh, my record player? Oh, probably with the records, though. That probably counts. wouldn't be too good without the records. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just look at my record player. <laughs> um, that sounds like a good time. Pizza, yeah. margarita and record player. That's great. Yeah. I assume that the desert island is hot and near water. Yeah, you'd hope so. Islands are surrounded by, but like you know, it's not like a barren. No, it's a nice there's, island. There's some palm trees. Yeah, yeah, but no one else. Oh, sounds oh, sounds great. Mm. It's lovely. I'll do that. <laughs> um, now you were the first out of your friendship group to have a baby. Yes, and right. you there was a, a huge shift because you were a designer working in London, mm-hmm. and then you moved back to Melbourne. Yes, and you. Had a tiny baby. Yes, a very tiny baby. How was she preemie tiny? Yes. Oh, yeah. Was she 
She's, I think she's like five pounds or something. So she wasn't like super, super tight, but pretty but little. Tiny, yeah. And she had really bad jaundice and had fluorescent red hair. So it was really not the picture I had <laughs> when I thought I was going to look at this baby. Um, but yeah, but she's beautiful. And how did that shift initially affect your sense of identity? Um, well, it was really hard because I am a, a big doer and I love doing lots of things and I I couldn't do that anymore. Um, I also found it hard because my friends seemed to think, you know, if I got mum or someone to look after the baby, I could still come out and do normal party things. and stuff. Um and so a lot of my – I remember actually um, a friend of mine, well, probably my best friend at the time, said to me, you know, if I ever have babies, I'm ne- I'm always going to remember that I was fun. And I was like – Was oh. that meant to be like – Just, you know, I wasn't fun you? anymore. Like um, so we – I didn't – I hadn't – I actually haven't talked to her since then. Um, but, yeah, but that did make me feel – pretty alone that you know none of my friends you know that just wasn't part of their life you know hanging around someone with a baby so it was very lonely and um and and also just I just struggled a lot because May was um preemie and so the nurse at the hospital was like oh you just have to feed her every two hours 20 minutes on this breast 20 minutes on that one and then top her up I'm like when do I like get to sleep <laughs> or do anything? You <laughs> and um, so it was awful. I just spent the whole time crying, really. And um, and then I remember the maternal health nurse that comes around to visit you told me on National Breastfeeding Day to just to stop breastfeeding. That's good. Yeah, and I just cried with you know relief that I was allowed to stop. Yeah, and because um, because May was so little, she um, you know she she couldn't breastfeed basically mm. so um so yeah so that was great and then I sort of I think started to sort of reclaim a bit of my life back a little bit after that but yeah it was interesting how your friends kind of disappear yeah especially if if no one else has babies yeah oh, it's it's annoying yeah well you know for other people I was gonna say for you or <laughs> Well, a, a different different type of annoying, you know, for for me. But it, I, but it was also also thing that I found was um, I, I always find that you know I, I like to think that I'm I get really frustrated if it I'm not good at something straight away, and um, I wasn't very good at being you know I couldn't breastfeed, I, you know I couldn't sleep, I couldn't do stuff, yeah. and. Um, and so I found that quite confronting as well that I wasn't perfect at but I don't but now you know like with my kids older I'm like oh there probably isn't a perfect no I don't think so we all just kind of we imagine that there is bumble around yeah I wonder knows what they're doing but I always wanted to be one of those mums that just got their boob out and the the baby goes yeah and I, I always like that was the image I had in my head, and it just didn't happen. So you know, felt like a bit of a failure with that. But um, 
I only went to the mother's group once because, you know, as soon as I whipped the bottle out, it was, you know, I felt the shame. Oh, that's awful. And uh, so I just, I just never went back again. Was it lonely? It sounds a bit lonely. Yeah, it was really lonely. And also because I just moved home from London, so I hadn't actually been in Melbourne for like two years. So I had kind of lost my connections in, like, not lost them, but, you know, I had to kind of rebuild my connections One anyway. tiny baby. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, yes. <laughs> I found out that I was pregnant on our honeymoon actually, so it was a surprise because – yeah, we went to Tassie for our honeymoon and I just couldn't drink. I was like, oh, beer's gross. And I love drinking beer. I'm like, oh, this beer's gross. Oh, this is gross. And, like, I was like, oh, something. Something's something weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that was that was a surprise. But, um, yeah. So were you, were you initially the mother you thought you'd be? Like, did you have an idea about, you know, not just the logistics of, like, breastfeeding and taking your baby everywhere with you. Yeah. But did you have an idea of what kind of mum you thought you'd be? I, not really. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, my mum, I love my mum, but my mum was never a mum mum. Like, if I don't know if that even makes any sense that... You know, my mum wasn't cutting up school lunches or, you know, like she was, you know, had a nine, you know, eighties job, you know, power suits and, you know, they had, my mum and dad ended up having their own business. So I didn't really see my parents much. So I I never like kind of modelled like, I don't know, I didn't have an image about what I would be like, I suppose. But, um, But I did imagine that, you know, baby's little and I can just like, chuck a baby in a sling and get on with life. Yeah. And um, that's not how it goes. <laughs> kind of. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm, yeah. As I said earlier, like I like doing things. So I did. it didn't take me too long to actually incorporate my baby into my life, life that I liked doing. Mm. So, so, yeah. And in your book, Family Food and Feelings, which is so beautiful, by the way. Oh, it's such a beautiful <laughs> book. And you talk about um, the Smashing Pumpkins song, Mayonnaise. Oh, yeah. yeah. And how when you were a teenager you used to belt out the lyrics, um, I just want to be me and when I can, I will. Um, I won't ask you to sing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you can if you want to. Nah, that's, a, that's all good. <laughs> we all know the song. <laughs> um, but what's it like for you and having that memory now mm. that your kids are teenagers yeah it's um it's really um yeah it's interesting time to ask me this actually because it was only the other day that I kind of had both of them with their own certain life crisis to, to deal with and um and you know it's um it's heartbreaking to see them so upset about certain things that you know, but and so you can talk them through it. But then, part of me is also I know that you're going to be okay. Yeah. And so, and I and I don't really tell them that because I know if my mum had said that to me, I'd just be like, oh, "Fuck off, mum." So unhelpful. <laughs> it's like, you know, like. I, I'm not okay. It's never going to be okay. The world is awful. 
I'm fucked. Yeah, but I just, um, I just wanted, you know, I just, yeah, I found that having those memories still very prevalent in my mind. Yeah, useful to help Mayor and Pepper with stuff that they're going through. Because I don't think um, I just didn't have that with my mum. Mm. at all and um and so you know asking if I was the parent I thought I would be I definitely see that I am now with all my kids that are older mm. I had no idea what I would be like with a baby but with older kids I'm all and it sounds I don't know might sound a bit weird but I feel like I'm also giving my 13 year old self a little bit of a hug yeah <laughs> when I'm like <laughs> talking to Pepper or, or Mayor like about stuff. So um so yeah. It's um but it's but it is good to know that, you know, they're gonna be okay. Mm. Even though they feel like it's the world is ending. Yeah. Cause I remember that. Like, yeah, it's like Yeah. Someone said this, blah 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 and it's like yeah, no. Oh God, it is. I wish that was my problem today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, exactly. But it's um, but you know, you can't you can't deny how big it is. To no, them. it's huge. Yeah, it's like oh my God, that's awful. You know, <laughs> but um, so yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. It's well, that, I have to say though, they are definitely a lot better better than I was at that age. Do you think um, when we were growing up, mm-hmm. your parents talking to you about sex or mental health or emotions wasn't necessarily the done thing? No. And now it's it's the done thing. Yeah. You know, you talk to your kids about all Everything. of the things. <laughs> um, and so has that been, like, has it shone a light on how you were parented? Oh, for sure. I remember I my talk about periods and stuff was a book and a giant packet of maxi pads put on my bed. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, you go. <laughs> and some pamphlets. Yeah. And that was that was that was all I got. So and so and it's interesting to see, like as I said, like I do love my mum and we hang out and talk and stuff, but we don't have that super kind of intimate connection that um, I definitely have with my kids. Mm. Um, but it's confronting. To, still, like, you try and act so cool about I'm it. I'm dreading it. And, but you just want to spew. At, <laughs> like at, at the same time, like it's like, yeah, it's, you know, this is cool. Like I don't care. Like period stuff, fine, whatever. Don't care about that. But, you know, talking about sex and – but both of my kids are so different, you know. One's like a, just a, you know, shows me the hairs under her arm, whereas the other one's like super, super you know, very reserved and to herself. So it's like you've got to be, you know, the parent that each of them kind of needs. I'm not yeah. going to ask one to like bear all if they're, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, oh, get out of my face. <laughs> so, yeah, it's um, but, yeah. It's funny because when I first had Maya, I remember this um, 
lady coming up to me and I just hadn't had any sleep and she was like, oh, if you think this is hard, wait until she's like 16 or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, it is hard actually. <laughs> and then, but then now when I, May was 16, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that lady. I could totally go a tiny non-sleeping baby right now. <laughs> but, you know, I, that help, advice was not helpful at the time. No, super I wasn't going to wait 16 years for that to play out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, like, how have you, how have you tackled kind of, and I mean, you must have to cater for the, you know, how your kids are different, mm. but how do you tackle, generally speaking, um, empowering your girls? Because I think I've got two girls too. Mm. And I think that's, you know, now I think of, like early stages in my career or the way men have behaved to me in the past or the way I've behaved in certain situations mm. as a result of how I was brought up consciously or subconsciously. Mm. How do you, and you talk a little bit about this in your book, about how to empower your girls when it was not necessarily the way that you were brought up? Mm. Uh well, I, I guess one of the big things, and particularly at the moment, now that they're older, is, you know, I allowed a, I allowed them to make their own decisions. Yeah. And um, I not force my ideal situation onto them, um, you know. Or, like, you know, May's doing your 12 now and it's like, you know, like when you're at the end of school you get so much pressure what are you going to do when you leave school? What are you going to be? And uh, just, you know, I find taking away that pressure is, um, yeah, I didn't even finish school. I said to Maya, you are more now more qualified <laughs> than me. <laughs> I, I didn't even do year 12. So you're better, you're already better than me. So, but I just think um, just taking away pressure from them, mm. I think is, and my expectations, you know, like I want them to make their choices without, yeah, it being clouded by what I think. But, of course, I'm not going to let them do anything dumb. Yeah. Like, I'm not, you know, but um, but I want them to be who they are. I find a lot more joy in finding out who they are through that rather than trying to set their path for them. That's so, nice. Yeah. Even though May was really bad at homework and <laughs> all that stuff, but so was I. And and this is, you know, the thing about, you know, what are you going to do when you leave school? It's like, well, I've done like probably 10 job different things. Like yeah. who knows? And it's, you know, it's not the same as it used to be. You don't go and work at blah, blah, and start it, start here and then one day you'll be the boss of blah, blah. You'll just, you know what I mean? Like, so you go here, you go there, you know, you'll be this, you'll be that. Um, yeah. So, and, you know, they've moved around a lot with me. So I find that they're very adaptive as well. So That's nice too. Yeah. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And have you found that as they've grown up and gone through their different stages, mm. that that's affected your sense of self as well? Or have you, I mean, uh, maybe some people are like, I know who I am and I'm always who I am. Mm. But like I've found, and my kids are still little. Yeah. So maybe I'm still in that first going into motherhood shift. Yeah. But I'm just wondering if, you know, as they as they enter into different stages of their lives, does that then alter things for you? Um. Well, I mean, you know, not having to be so hands-on definitely gives you more freedom to mm. be, I don't know, whoever you are. But I, I love the idea. I love, though, that when I'm when I make a problem that's in my work life way too big, I'm like, are my kids okay? That's all I get. At. That's actually all I care about. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, you know, I mean, I do care about the people I work with as well, but, you know, I find that, it, you know, being their mum puts pretty much everything into perspective for me. Yeah. It's like, am I doing a good job making this room look nice or whatever and get, you know, get all stressed about it and it's like, well, are the kids, are the kids happy? Yeah, okay, that's all right. So I find um, they are always, they've just become my centre for like, putting my worries or stuff into perspective. But um, but it's nice to, like, without pushing anything on to my kids, you know, I guess they've spent their lives with me. So, you know, they are both quite creative and and I've tried to make sure that I've, like, it's like I didn't do that, did I? <laughs> I forced this on so you. So if you if you want to be like uh, not creative yeah, accountant, <laughs> then that's totally fine. I'll you know I need an accountant. Um, but yeah, just um, but it is really quite joyful. Them growing up and starting to share things that you find joy in as well. Yeah. So late tonight, we're Mayor and I are going to see a band together, and um, I was like, oh, that you know. It's the first time we've done that, so that will be, that'll be fun. That's really cool. Yeah. 
I'll be cool. <laughs> you're, a, you're a cool <laughs> mum. <laughs> um, as a single mum, have you wrestled with wanting to be at home with them mm. and wanting to work or needing to work? Oh, all the time. All the time. And unfortunately for me, my work always takes me away from home. Mm. Um, so I feel awful and gu- very guilty about that. But in the downtimes when I'm not being taken away from home, you know, I can pick peps up from school every day or we can hang out and go on an ice cream or, you know. Um, but it is, yeah, it's interesting. I never, because I mean, I've been alone with them for a long time. And um, so I've sort of, you know, I, It'd be really nice to know what it's actually like just to leave them with someone. <laughs> leave them with someone. Because um, they're with you full time, aren't they? Yeah. 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 And, you know, May is like, she's, you know, almost 18. So, I, I mean, she can do whatever she wants pretty much now. I mean, as in she can look yeah. after herself. Um, but it's still, but you still want to be there for them. Mm. Like, because it is big, a big time you know, I would never ever want to be a teenager ever again in ever. <laughs> like, I've got teenage nieces, and I just you. There's not enough money in the world. <laughs> like yeah. you couldn't buy me. It's just, it's not. Um, so I guess, and you know, in knowing that too, in knowing that my teenage years, I I found so traumatic. Just mm. in, um, you know, I was I just had no self confidence. I you know just it was awful. And anyone that says to me, oh, I loved school, I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> um, but I went to like, you know, my mum sent me to a posh girls' school and I'm not a posh girls' school girl. Yeah. And um, so I know I was going somewhere with this. But, um, but yeah, that's it. I was just like, you know, knowing that that time of their lives is, even though they can look after themselves, I really feel you know, like very, I still really need to be there and I do feel crap when I'm not. Mm. Even though I used to always make myself a sanger after school for myself. My mum and dad get home at, I don't know, my dad actually slept at work. I should have seen the writing on the wall for for that marriage. uh, (laughs) What went wrong? (laughs) (laughs) But, um, so, yeah, it's, um, it is, it's really hard. But, um, but I also... I hope that, you know, Mayor and Pippa can see that it doesn't matter. Like, you can still do stuff, you mm. know, and um, and it can be fun stuff. <laughs> or or an accountant if that's Oh, but that's fun, fun to some. That's fun to some people that like accounting. I'm sure what I do may not be fun to some people. My mum used to say, if everyone was the same, it would be very boring. Exactly. Exactly. In your book, um, when you talk about uh, how you had a, a moment where you realised that you had to break the generation of cycle mm. of women dealing with pain mm. and you had to break that by communicating openly with your girls. Yeah. I thought that was a really, like that must have been a really big realisation. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I mean, it's made me really sad that, you know, they've still had to deal with stuff. But I think, um, you know, obviously like 
in the time in the eighties, not well, uh, yeah, eighties, like when I was a kid, you know, things didn't get talked about mm. about like why certain things have happened or you know why the family's changed or you know I mean it was pretty obvious in my um my upbringing but it was only until wasn't until maybe two years ago that my mum acknowledged stuff to me yeah and I mean it was huge like that she did but you know it was like what 40 years later (laughs) or whatever (laughs) but um but I'd rather, but I think by talking about stuff too, about what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, how you should be treated, you know, that kind of stuff, that they kind of understand that and yep. and takes at least some kind of learning from a shit situation. But even if they don't realise now, you know, they might realise that learning later. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, it's interesting, like, and I read somewhere oh, on Instagram <laughs> some, you know, inspirational thing um, was, uh, I'm going to butcher it, but it was something like, you know, if you get upset with yourself for falling into the same patterns, it's actually not just knowing that you've fallen into it is like a, a big, is a big thing. Yeah. Like, so... I um yeah so even so when I get upset that I've I'm like oh I've done like you know things haven't changed it's like well at least I'm aware of stuff yes and, and making an effort to to make things better. So much of what you've done in your career connects people, mm. and you had your your cafe when one of your babies was four months old, which just <laughs> blows my mind. Um. But switchboard in the city, which I loved, and I could, I was talking to my husband, and I couldn't remember why I was in the city a lot because I used to go there a fair bit, mm. and I don't know why I was in <laughs> anyway. I really loved it. Um, and then you had your lunch lady blog, which then became a magazine, mm. and your current work with Friendly Service, which is a creative service and branding company, mm-hmm. and OK Motels, which you create mini music festivals yep. at motels. I mean, you are the busiest person. <laughs> <laughs> but all of those things really bring people together and create community yeah. in one way or another. And do you feel that you've got a good personal community around you? Oh, for sure. And I I would have to say I have only really had that, um, you know, probably in the last – I don't know, five years or something because it's when I actually became, you know, happy, like happy with me. Mm. And so then I felt more confident to, you know, have these people come into my life. Um, And, you know, nothing brings me more joy than, you know, when – you've got a friend and another friend and those two friends all of a sudden become friends. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and it's like, and I'm sure that is like pretty much what, why I like doing the jobs that I do. Cause it's pretty much an extension of, of that. It's like, Oh, I, you know, I need someone that can do this. And, and, they, and it's like just joining those dots together is, you know, I find so joyful, joyful. 
and then um, I'm building like these little webs of people. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I, and, and through that I've met so many amazing people who now um, I would consider like close friends. So, and I think that's what's so great about, you know, working in like the creative industry mm. is it does kind of allow that, those friendships I'm sure it happens in accounting as well, but <laughs> but you know you do spend more social time together, yes. you know as well. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's definitely the thing I like. The yeah, I, I have actually thought about how, even though they're all very different things, they've all had the same kind of root note, I guess, of of bringing people together. Yeah, that maybe going through the same thing at the same time. And I maybe should have asked this question earlier when I was writing it down with my <laughs> my three-year-old was, she's a bit better today, but she has been vomiting for 24 hours. Mm, poor thing. And so I was finishing this this morning and she was lying on the couch <laughs> next to me. It made, it flowed in my head then, but now <laughs> perhaps I might need to do a bit of chopping. That's um, all right. But um, because I was then going to say, how have you fostered connection with your girls but we've we've sort of covered that but is there anything I suppose is there anything you want to add to that I mean because it's just been you and your girls Mm. and you're not with their dad anymore Mm. did that did that grow your connection with them oh yeah for sure and I think and I think it's probably grown, uh, even though, um, you know, lockdown was awful for everybody, um, we only had each other. <laughs> yeah. And surprisingly we didn't kill each other. Um, we actually became really close, like a lot closer and became each other's friends because that was all we had. Um and so I feel that, you know, we've come out of these last two years a lot closer than we probably came in because I was busier and, um, you know, I wasn't around as much um, and, you know, may I would have been going to Melbourne and back. And so, you know, being stuck in a house for two years together um, has definitely, yeah, made it connected us a lot more. And I think that that's, that hasn't, now that we are out in the world again, it it's um, when we do finally come back together at the end of the day, I can feel that that hasn't gone. Like it's, it's um, you know, it's like a big, such a big thing to go through together. It's Huge. like, you know, like sharing, you know, not just being stuck in a house, but, you know, sharing this trauma <laughs> really. Yeah. I do sometimes think that now that life feels like it's kind of moving again, I think everyone, and I was having this conversation with a friend the other day, it's like I don't think people have dealt with actually what's happened. Mm. <laughs> like it's just like life's going again, all right, let's go. Let's keep going. And, um, but I know that um, just within myself, I, I was saying to my friend, I was like, I need to stop for a minute because, you know, one minute we were locked down and the next, you know, I was putting an event on with like 600 people, you know, like literally that dance floor thing 
dropped the night the event started. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, you know, we've gone from like zero to a hundred in, you know, a, a day and, and it hasn't stopped. So I feel like, I know this has gone totally in a whole other tangent, but um, yeah, it's, um, I do think that just even going through all through through that together and making it to the other side mm. has been quite a bonding experience. Yeah. So, but it is weird now. Like, I'm still a bit funny being in like big groups of people. Mm. How's that been? Because you, that's part of your job. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. It would have been a bit weird. Yeah, it is. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's funny. You know that. My thing is I like connecting people and, um, yeah, bringing people together is probably – I feel like it's, you know, obviously getting better now, but at the time, I yeah, I, I didn't know how this, that event was going to go because, you know, it's like, are people going to come? Because at that time also – this is so not children talk, but <laughs> at that time it was like um, they were having – like this 70% no-show at shows. Oh. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, we'll Maybe see what happens. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I think everyone just needed to get away. So luckily it worked out okay. So, How did you connect back to yourself after you became a mum and then when you became a single mum? Well, I definitely think after becoming a single parent I allowed myself to enjoy the things that I love again without them kind of I felt like they had been forgotten and probably forgotten by me as well because I was so unhappy but having this um and you know like when you do become a freshly single parent it is awful and scary but then there is this other side where where you have just this incredible freedom to reconnect with with that person. And um and that was when I all of a sudden was like, oh, I love you know, I love music so much. And and like I just I never listened to music like for the last couple of years of, you know, being married. I just it just wasn't a thing. And um so reconnecting with, you know, music and going to spaces and seeing music and, and art and all that stuff was was huge. Like it's so funny how you can lose yourself without even knowing that it's happened. Yeah. So and then also being so surprised by going, oh, yeah, <laughs> I love music. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, it's so funny. Like, um, yeah. Did I answer the question? Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, in a roundabout way because I asked how you connected back to yourself. Yeah. And I was just making – I was like, oh, I, I went somewhere. <laughs> but, yeah, well, that was it. It yeah. was music. like, And you just discovered what you loved. Yeah. That you'd forgotten you loved. Yeah. And it's interesting how, like, you know, when I just – I just started playing music really loud in the house again – and I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck have I been doing, like, <laughs> all this time? This was always here. And where? Did, why did I just shut it off? 
Because it just, I think things like that sneak up on you, right? Like, ah, yeah. Just just slowly, slowly, slowly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because it's funny because when, yeah, because I moved back home from London and found out that I was having a baby. So I, my, any music that I was going to see in Melbourne just didn't happen. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyway. (laughs) And just to finish on, What's something empowering that you would say to other mums? Oh. doesn't have to be a new mum. It could be at an any stage mum. Oh, this is a maybe. One. Maybe as a mum of teens. Oh, mum of teens. Oh, I just would give them a big cuddle. And <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, when I was saying to before about. Mayor and Pepper, I feel awful saying their names, um, but what I was saying before about knowing that they were going to be okay mm. and finding comfort in that in for them, um, I kind of feel the same for me. <laughs> like as being a mum, I'm like, you know, you look at new mums that have a baby and you're like, oh, my God, I remember when – I first bought my home and I'm like, I'm going to fucking break her. She, you know, I, and they're tough little things. Yeah. And, you know, they remain that way for, you know, even though, you know, their hearts are probably not as tough as their bodies. <laughs> but um, I just, yeah, I, 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 I spent so much time looking out to what other people were doing instead of just looking at what was in front of me. Mm. And um and so when I just, you know, started being a mum like I wanted my mum to be to me, <laughs> to my children, I found it, um, you know, I didn't need to look anywhere else. Like I ha- it was always here. And I think that's the same for anyone really. Like but it's with anything, isn't it? Like you, you can't keep looking at other things for your life advice, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. So don't, I don't know, don't judge yourself on other people's ways of doing things. Don't listen to them either. (laughs) So annoying. It's like, oh, you know what I, and I'm like, no, you know what? Just don't tell me what you would do. I don't (laughs) want to know what you would do. Because, you know, like, you don't want to, you don't want to break them or anything. Like, you, you know, you know. You do. I don't know. I know that's not anything like big wisdom or anything, but no, um, I think that's good wisdom though because yeah, I f- find when you block out all the noise, yeah, and you just take a second and you know because mm. you can ask a million different people their opinions, yeah, or look in the index of how many different freaking baby books. Oh, <laughs> it's like I'm going to try this sleep method. I'm going to try this one. The sleep this one. Just- I followed 5,000 different sleep consultants on Instagram and it just oh. broke me. And I, in the end I had to just un- disengage from yep. everyone. Yeah. Actually, do you know what the thing that broke me was like, oh, by this age your child will be in a routine? And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that's not happening. No, it's, no, it doesn't. It doesn't happen. Yeah. So yeah, the whole the – whole, Feeling like you don't, your kid's not fitting into the normal, yeah. the standard or what they should be fitting into. Yeah. yeah. I think no one should, we just shouldn't read anything 
or ask anyone anything. <laughs> we should just go into a little hole and do it how we want to do it and how it works for us and our kids. Yeah, but I think it's good to talk to like <laughs> no, don't talk, to talk to people, but uh, you know, just not necessarily judge your way of stuff. Yes, by other people's, you know. Ways. As I said, like I would have loved to have just like got my boob out and breastfed my kids, but they just it just couldn't happen that way, and yep. so. I wasn't. I wasn't going to beat myself up over that because my next door neighbour just did it all the time, and I just was like, "Oh, it's amazing! <laughs> How do you do that?" <laughs> so yeah, it's um, yeah, and yeah, and it's nice to sort of be the reciprocate that to other people. Mm. Just find your own way, but not. But don't be alone. Alone. <laughs> and don't shut yourself off. No, that doesn't have work a community. But you know, but yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Do it your way, but with people around you. That and aren't everyone finds it hard. Everyone, everyone finds it hard. So everyone. don't think that they're not. That's the other thing. <laughs> it's like just because they look like, and I am the expert of looking like I am cruising through life. <laughs> but underneath, it's just the whole shambles of like, ah, you know. So. That's I'm sure every other mum is the same. Yeah. I think it's nice if we can show each other that it's not all cruisy. No, it's not cruisy. That's why we're all tired. Thank you so much, Kate, for coming on today. There are links in the show notes to Kate's website so you can explore all the amazing work Kate does. There's also a link to buy her fabulous book, which is beautiful and honest and full of incredible recipes. Mummification is produced and hosted by me, Brody Matner. Our beautiful music is composed by Ben Talbot Dunn. If you're enjoying the show, please rate, review and subscribe. You'll be notified when a new episode is released and it helps us reach new audiences, which in turn will hopefully help more women feel less alone. Thanks for listening. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.